So at the beginning of every year, if you've been at Breakthrough, I, I like to give kind of a, a, a significant word to start our year strong. Uh, I believe that how we start things matters. Does anyone else agree with that statement? How we start things matters. How we set the course of new seasons and new chapters are super important. And so today's that kind of word. I believe this is a word that the Lord has spoken to me personally, uh, that he wants to release corporately, that this is a word I believe the Lord wants to just start the projection of this new year for a lot of people. And so let's start here in John chapter 12, verse 24. And this is gonna frame where we're gonna go uh, this morning. This is the words of Jesus, and he says this. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. Let me read that again. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. And so today's sermon is called, To Grow, Something Has to Die. To Grow, Something Has to Die. So before we dive into this, I want to confront a lie that I believe has caused a lot of Christians to miss out on the growth that God has for them. And this lie, it's, it's a very subtle and it's a very subconscious lie and it's tricky because it doesn't really come from a bad motive. It's not something that we walk around and, and we're just like, it's coming from like a, a hurt place or it's coming from a, a, a bad place. It, it, so this is why it's such a tricky lie. You ready for this? It's the lie that whatever happens is meant to happen. Whatever happens is meant to happen. And in that lie, we actually have a misconstrued understanding of God's sovereignty. And we assume that everything that happens in our life is just the way it's meant to play out. And when we allow this lie to take root, we actually become passive to change. Let me say that again. When we allow this mindset to take root in our lives, man, whatever happens is gonna happen. You know, this is just God's plan for my life. <laughs> we actually become extremely passive to change. We become extremely passive to growth. We end up not taking responsibility for our decisions. We misplace the authority the Lord has actually given us to walk this life. Now, most of us don't consciously think we believe this, but our actions show otherwise. Do you know how I know this? Because we say things like, it'll happen in God's time. But for many of us, what we do is we just ignore our participation and being sanctified in the process. Or we bank on things like, he will work all things together for the good of those who love him, yet it takes us 40 years instead of 40 days for him to work, out, work it out for our good because we're just being disobedient and using his goodness as an excuse. Can I say one more bold thing? That there are some of you in this room, <laughs> happy new year. <laughs> there are some of you in this room that have yet to step into more of what God has for you, not because you're waiting for God, but because God has been waiting for you. Amen. 
whatever happens is just meant to happen. You know, if it's God's time, it's God's time. <laughs> and there, there's an element of truth in that. I want you to hear me out, right? God is active and he, he has his plans for us to prosper. But we are also called to co-labor with him. That Paul puts this very clearly in Galatians 4.19. He says this. He says, oh, my dear children, I feel as if I'm going through labor pains for you again. And they will continue until Christ is fully developed in your life. It's a really, really interesting thing for a man to say, but, you know, it's Paul. Has anyone here ever experienced labor pains? Okay, all the mamas in the room. None of you guys should raise your hand. Personally, I've never experienced labor pains. But I've experienced the birth of two of my sons. And if you've been in the room or if you've experienced the process of labor, it's a beautiful process, but it's straining. There's, there's pressure, right? It's, it's, it's a laborsome process. It's intense. And if you've given birth, it's, it's, it's a lot of hard work and it's immense amount of pressure. My wife, when she gave birth, she's like, I feel like I just ran a marathon. You know, I think her birth was like 14 hours of just like pushing, right? It's intense. This is the, the language Paul is using and speaking. Paul is saying that he feels the same strain and pressure and labor to see God's people fully conformed into the fullness of Christ and into the more of what God has for them. Guys, this is not a whatever happens is meant to happen mentality. <laughs> that Paul feels the pain and sacrifice and death to self that is necessary to see the church grow into Christ's likeness. Ignatius, who's an early church father, he says this. I love this quote. He says, few souls understand what God would accomplish in them if they were to abandon themselves unreservedly to him and if they were to allow his grace to mold them accordingly. Let that sink in. Just, just read that to yourself. Few souls understand what God would accomplish in them if they were to abandon themselves unreservedly to him and if they were to allow his grace to mold them accordingly. So let's go back to John chapter 12, verse 24, and I wanna to read to 25. Again, Jesus says this, I tell you the truth, Unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. And he says this, verse 25, those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity that I believe that in 2024, the revelation of dying to self is going to be popular again. And it seems as if this is a truth we've pulled away from, or we've forgotten about. 
But I think a lot of us can agree that personally, I'm starting to see the church is becoming more and more purified. And with purification comes exposing where there is impurity. Right? This is why we've seen more and more large Christian leaders fall. And not fall, but like fall horrendously. Because with purification comes exposing where there is impurity. Yet out of that death, there is an uprising in his bride that longs for purity again for pure worship, not production, that longs for the secret place more than the public place, that longs for simplicity, not excess, that longs for his desires and wills over our pursuit of success. But this all starts with Jesus' commission in verse 25. Those who love their lives in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. And I know this sounds intense. And I think we all, we all have our perception of Jesus. Some of us may think he's more laid back. Some of us may think he's, you know, more intense and he's a bit of both. But when you hear this, how does that strike you? This is Jesus, the one we spent 50 minutes singing to. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. How does that strike you? Does that offend you? I want you to think. Does that make you feel uncomfortable? Does that rub you the wrong way? Does that, man, that doesn't feel like my Jesus. <laughs> How does that make you respond Let me break this down. Loving our lives as described by Jesus here means to self-preserve or hang on to our own desires and pursuits. To self-preserve or hang on to our own desires and pursuits and to care nothing for our lives. That doesn't mean that, you know, don't take showers and, you know, dress bad. That's not what Jesus is saying. Okay, to care nothing for our lives means giving up our own way of doing things and setting aside our self-centered existence. Guys, just like the wheat that isn't planted and buried, it's being preserved. But in its preservation, it never grows. Guys, remember the, the story of the talents. Three different people are giving three different amounts and ironically enough, the third person who's given the least amount of talents or, or money, okay, the, the, the master told, gave it to them with the purpose of multiplying it. The two servants multiplied it. In the parable, the master says, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's where that comes from. But the third servant, do you know what he did? He preserved it. He didn't do anything with it. <laughs> He, he hid it because he was afraid of the master because he didn't know how to steward it. And what happens when you preserve, listen, you don't grow. <laughs> when, you, when you preserve what's been given to you, there's no multiplication. Imagine if the kid with the loaves and the fishes preserved his lunch. <laughs> In the hands of God, there's multiplication. 
in the crushing, in the death of something, there's multiplication. And in our preservation of my life, of what I want to do, of what I want to succeed, of what I want to accomplish, what happens is we're actually keeping ourselves from actually enjoying the abundance God has for us. Guys, what if God's idea of abundance is so much better than your idea of abundance? Guys, we know this, like, so many of us, we, we want the fame, we want the success, we want the certain dollar amount, we want the the notoriety, we want the friendships, we want all these things. And we see that just doesn't work. We see, we see the people on the highest totem poles in society and they're so not happy. Like we think of some of these celebrities, they, they can't even go grocery shopping. <laughs> me, and my, me and my wife, we were just watching a, a documentary of... Um, uh, Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus in The Chosen, and he's not even that famous, okay? He's pretty famous, but he's not that famous, and the documentary is actually really, really good. You should watch it, but you even see his, his whole process. Like, he's just trying to go to a coffee shop, and people are, like, falling at his knees thinking he's Jesus, and it's like, oh, I would hate that, right? It's like, I can't do anything, you know? But, like, you think of, like, the higher than that, like, Taylor Swift, right? If you're a Swifty, God bless you. Um, love the ministry team. I'm kidding. Um, but you, well, you see like that, like I was telling my wife, like that's like the Elvis status of our, of our day and age. It's like that level of success and fame and notoriety and, and money. It's like, you can't get any higher than that. But those people, they, they can't exist. They, they, they can't go out and, and do what they want to do without the pressure and this is the whole point I'm trying to make. I, don't want to, I, I went on a rabbit trail, but what if your idea of abundance is not as good as God's idea of abundance? I love what C.S. Lewis, he says, until you have given up yourself to him, you will not have a real self. Oh, that's good. Until you have given up yourself to him, you will not have a real self. So I'm going to say it again, church. To grow, something has to die. So going back to John 12, we see that Jesus is also referring to himself and what he's going to do on the cross. That he is to be planted and die so that new life can be born in us. That on the cross, Jesus shows us something very significant. That the only way to experience a resurrection is through death. Without death, there is no resurrection. I want you to make that practical for your life. Who needs resurrection in their life? We all do. Jesus shows us without death. <laughs> There is no resurrection. Think about that for a second, that you cannot escape the fact there's some things in your life that are gonna have to die. This is a foundational principle of Christianity. 
And before I, I go further, I want to make something clear because I don't want this to seem like a works-based sermon or you have to strive to be free. That everything you put to death is put to death within the reality of what Jesus has already done for you on the cross. I want you to hear this, that on the cross, you've been made right with God. The power and penalty of sin over your life has died. Listen, but your appetite for sin and self-centeredness is still being put to death. On the cross, when you said yes to Jesus, you were crucified with him. Your old nature was put to death. You've been given a new nature, a nature of righteousness that you no longer have a guilty uh, uh, standing before God. You don't no longer have a price that you owe before God. You are now in right standing. The penalty and the power of sin over your life has been put to death, but your appetite still needs to be sanctified. Jesus puts this clearly in Luke 9, 23. He says this to the crowd. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. I think a lot of us forgot that part <laughs> when we said yes to Jesus. We're like, yeah, I like the community aspect and the get out of hell ticket. This is what Jesus said. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. This is what we need to put to death, is our own way. And I love this. He says this, that we all know. Take, off, take up your cross what? Take up your cross what? Daily is the key word. And follow me. The key to this is that death is a daily practice, not just one time, but every day. Because what if our mindset going into this year isn't how much more things can I accomplish, <laughs> but rather how much more of what keeps me from becoming more like Jesus be put to death? You know, personally, looking back at the beginning of 2023, right, 12 months ago, to a whole new year now, I can confidently say I've learned to die to my, myself more than I have ever before. That I've suffered. Following Jesus has never felt costlier. I've wanted to quit <laughs> more times than I know. And I had to let go of really, really hard things. But because of that, I've grown, I've matured, I've become more whole. And I can confidently say that I've conformed a little bit more like Jesus. And in this new year, I'm ready to do it all over again. This new year, I want to invite you to step in, to become a little bit more like Jesus than you were last year. And I think we all desire that, right? I think we all can say, man, I, I want to end 2024 head into 2025 looking a little bit more like Jesus than I did the year before. But to grow, something has to die. And I want you to hear this because this isn't just big things, right? I think most people, you're probably thinking of the big things, like my addictions and this and, and that, that's important. We're gonna get to that. But a seed is small. You guys realize that? A seed is small, 
And out of a small seed, something much, much larger can grow. But it's small. And I feel the, the prophetic unction behind this message is the Lord wants to highlight the small things. Because every small thing becomes a big thing. There's small things, and they may not even be overtly sinful things. Let me say that too. Because I know your mind is like, I just need to like get rid of this addiction. I need to stop doing this, this thing. The Lord wants to come after the small things first. I'll give you, this is a dumb example. I'll give you an example. Even just this week, right, I was watching a comedy special. I'm not going to say who it was because you're going to roast me. Um, I'm going to get fired, but I was watching it and I was enjoying it because he's funny. But I was like halfway through, I'm like, God, this is just like not good. (laughs) This is not good for my soul. I just stopped it. You know, it may not have been overtly sinful. I know maybe it was, but I was just like, this is just not, not good for me. So I just stopped it. I put it to death. And there's so many things like that that we're so unaware of, that we do, that we watch, that we listen, that we engage in, that we think, that we spend time with, that we engage with, that are little seeds. <laughs> they're, not, they're not big like thorn bushes. They're little seeds. And we just let it, we, we, we hold on to it. The Lord's like, no, bury it. Bury it daily, bury it daily, bury it daily. Because I, I don't know about you, but I know for me, those things linger in my mind. <laughs> like for the few days after, there's things from that comedy special, I was like, oh yeah, that's funny. I'm thinking about these things, but that's not, like, that's not very God honoring. Like you don't realize how much of your brain absorbs things. <laughs> like the, the things you engage and listen to and play with and I want you to hear me this isn't like a legalism thing this is just I, we, we have to just enter this new year saying Jesus is just more worth it like this is the this is the purification that's coming in the church this is the purity that's coming into the church We've seen it. We, we saw it at Asbury. We see, we see in the worship movement coming out. We all see it. But it needs to hit here. It's not just, oh, that's a really cool worship service experience, the really raw and authentic, but it needs to happen here where our hearts know how to discern. Is this going to affect my formation into being more like Jesus. Even, it may, even if it may not have like a scarlet S on it, like this is sin. If it's gonna hinder, it's gonna hinder. Yeah. If it's gonna pull you away, it's gonna pull you away. To grow, something has to die. Paul David Tripp, he says this quote, I'm gonna close. He says this, he says, if you are ever going to be ambassador in the hands of God, of glorious and powerful grace, you must die. You must die to your plans for your own life. 
You must die to your self-focused dreams of success. You must die to your demands for comfort and ease. You must die to your individual definition of the good life. You must die to your demands for pleasure, acclaim, prominence, and respect. You must die to your desire to be in control. You must die to your hope for independent righteousness. You must die to your plans for others. You must die to your cravings for a certain lifestyle or that particular location. You must die to your own kingship. You must die to the pursuit of your own glory in order to take up the cause of the glory of another. You must die to your control over your own time. You must die to your maintenance over your own reputation. You must die to having the final answer and getting your own way. You must die to your unflattering confidence in you. You must die. So as your pastor, I want to start your year prepared for what's ahead. Guys, there's going to be hardships. I don't have to be a prophet to tell you that. There's going to be temptations. There's going to be difficulties. There's going to be loss. And you're going to want to isolate. You're going to want to hide. You're going to want to cope. You're going to want to run. And you're going to want to do it on your own. But the Holy Spirit wants to help you put to death the little things and the big things. But to put to death what will keep you from growing. And I promise you, God does not desire for you to have a stagnant year and another year stuck in bondage. I say it again. But to grow, something has to die. Have Nathan come up and play keys. So the end, we're gonna respond, we're gonna reflect on this. Now I want to just make space for the Holy Spirit to illuminate these things. I think this is important. So I want to encourage you, if you have a journal, pull out your journal. If you don't, pull out your phone or something to write on. And we're just going to pray together. And we're just going to ask the Holy Spirit these two questions, these two things. I'm just going to read it, and I'm going to give you guys a few minutes to reflect and write it down and at the end we're all just going to stand up and we're going to worship together and we're just going to give it to the Lord the first thing is ask the Holy Spirit to highlight what needs to be put to death Lord what needs to be put to death and I really encourage you try, try to ask him to, to highlight the not so obvious things because you know the obvious things What are the not so obvious things? What needs to be put to death as I start this year? I want you to write it down. Once you have those things, I want you to obey, to repent, which means to turn away and to let it die. And ask the Holy Spirit, what is your action steps? So what needs to be put to death 
Is it unhealthy relationships? Is it things you use to cope? Is it sin habits? Is it pride? Is it selfishness? Is it unforgiveness? Is it empty pursuits? Is it false views of security? Is it control? Is it distraction? Is it lies you've believed about yourself? Is it your self-image? Is it laziness? Is it lying? Whatever it may be. And obey, repent, let it die. Write down your action steps. Whether that's to choose to abstain from certain things this year, to sever unhealthy relationships, to forgive, to get rid of any substance you're using to cope, to let the Lord renew your mind, to choose to react differently to things. Holy Spirit, we invite you in. Would you highlight the things that we're preserving and holding on to that are actually keeping us from growing? That's keeping us from growing into your likeness. Holy Spirit, would you search my heart and know me as David says and see if there's any offensive way within me? Would you go through the cracks and the crevices of my heart and would you illuminate the things, even the things that I'm not aware of, the things that are so deeply rooted but I'm still holding on to Show me. Show me what you want to put to death this year. blocking your grace from flowing in me and through me. If you want more capacity in your life, I want you to hear this. If you long for more capacity in your life, then you gotta let go of the things that you're not supposed to hold on to in the first place. And Holy Spirit, would you help me bury this thing? Would you help me put this thing to death that we would be quick to obey that even today that we would go home, go in our car, we'd throw things away, we'll delete things, we'll cut things off, we'll call people. Lord, let us be quick to obey, not because we have to, but because you're worth it. Will you show us, Holy Spirit, our action steps, how to walk this out.
Holy Spirit, would you even show us people in our life that we need to invite into, into these things, to help us put these things to death daily. creating space for more of you in our lives. It's what we long for. We want your ways. We want your will. We want your desires. Lord, we give up our own way this year. you purify your bride thank you Jesus that are being renewed this morning. We honor you in Jesus' name.